Hello, everyone, and welcome to Marketing for Waste podcast. Today, I'm very happy and very excited because we touch an interesting topic, sustainability. Sustainability is something that is very, probably very misunderstood because a lot of people talk about sustainability in different ways and in, with different approaches. But uh, one of the most important aspects is that uh, each company in the planet nowadays is going in this direction. They started applying the sustainability to their plants, and now they are working using a sustainable, sustainable approach inside in their offices with their management in management meetings with their in everything in every single action they work uh, approaching to sustainability and that's very important because uh, uh, as we are seeing that our planet is facing uh, multiple problems in the, in the at the same time and that's uh, and that's not so easy for all of us uh, one of these uh, one of these uh, the most important aspect is uh, the approach that we use every single day in our life and that is able to influence all the uh, all the all the stuff and all the people that we meet in a, also in the work environment talking about that i decided to invite here with us at marketing for waste uh, our one of my uh, connection one of my friends of LinkedIn, and uh, I'm talking uh, about uh, Stacey Savage, that is one of the most important uh, people in, uh, in involved in sustainability. She's the founder of, uh, uh, of uh, Zero Waste Org, and for that reason, I decided to invite here Stacey. Stacey, welcome to Marketing for Waste podcast. Yes, hi, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, our pleasure, and uh, uh, it's very, uh, believe me, it's very exciting for me to have you here because uh, we met each other some months ago and uh, we planned this episode, but uh, unfortunately, due to some troubles from my side initially and, uh, and, my because, side. <laughs> and your side later, we are uh, yeah. now uh, finally meeting you here in, uh, in this episode after. Uh, we talked uh, talk the first time uh, in, on, uh, at the beginning of April, and uh, and after I had uh, health issues, and for that reason we moved ahead, moved ahead, and after uh, I had your health issues, and now finally we are meeting each other in this episode, and uh, I invited you to talk about sustainability because I know that you are directly involved in sustainability for companies and uh, with your zero waste.org. It is one of the, the most interesting companies in my point, in my personal point of view, because uh, it helps uh, companies to move to sustainability. But before to go ahead, I would like that you introduce yourself and why, and I will ask you why you are doing that. Why what? Why, why you are doing that? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so um, my name is Stacy Savage, and I am the founder and CEO of Zero Waste Strategies. We are an environmental consulting firm, and we specialize in zero waste and circular economy business protocols. So we work with 
large uh, corporations that are international, Fortune 500s. Um, we work with local governments, institutions like college campuses, as well as nonprofit organizations. Uh, our goal is to help them reduce their waste for increased revenue, increased efficiency, deeper customer loyalty, to empower their employees as well, and then to also drive a green marketing edge over their competition in their industries. So it is uh, very important for us to be able to connect with um, businesses like yours as well that help us get this message out to companies who may need assistance from a consulting firm such as Zero Waste Strategies. Great, that's simply amazing because uh, uh, in the era of marketing for waste, uh, we talk uh, and we talked multiple times about the waste problem inside companies and especially on, uh, on uh, calculating an aspect that, that is usually not calculated, the waste that pr people produce inside uh, their offices inside their activities, not only the waste that uh, uh, is originated from uh, the productions, but uh, the yes. waste that people produce in the office. And uh, that's very, that's very important. And uh, I asked you why you are doing that. Well, I grew up in Southeast Texas here in the US and on the Gulf Coast of Mexico, uh, or the coast of the Gulf of Mexico, excuse me. And um, this is where the vast majority of oil and gas production is uh, op the refinery operations for the entire country. And so I grew up in a community that was it, where it was normal to have brownish hazy skies and rotten egg smells from the, the sulfur releases uh, and and both of my parents and many of my extended family aunts uncles cousins worked at these refineries for over 75 years collectively and so my mom worked for were texaco my mom my father worked for chevron um they that's how they raised us right put us through school um and and sent us off into the world as being productive adults um, but there was a price to pay with the community's health. And yeah. that is a bit of an, an unspoken exchange. People who work in these refineries or these chemical plants in that area understand the risks of health impacts. And also um, they, they seek the gainful employment or uh, a lucrative career at these companies where there's opportunity to have promotions and move up through the chain of command. So um, I witnessed this firsthand, I experienced it. There were very strange asthma cases, cancer cases, even in my own family, cancer took several of mm -hmm. my beloved family members. So growing up, I've always been very interested in the environment, clean water, uh, animal protection, um, I've just always been an earth mama, right? Okay. And, uh, and, you know, moving away from this area and, uh, you know, to Dallas and going to college in Dallas to university and then moving into Austin, which is keep Austin weird and, 
you know, uh, people, people love to come who are very eclectic and, and have these big goals and big ideas and environmental protection and nonprofit work and uh, tech, you know, very tech centric um, businesses. That's really where I found my footing in this kind of work 20 years ago was uh, environmental protection. And so I started, you know, knocking on doors all across the state. And I would talk face to face with people and say, hey, do you understand that, you know, no matter what side of the political spectrum you fall in, there's still mercury in your water. There's still pollutants in the air that your children breathe. We need to hold polluting companies and government officials accountable to the laws that are already on the books and enforcement and hopefully improve those laws so that they are more stringent and that we have more protections as humans living on this planet that need clean air and clean water. And so I've knocked on tens of thousands of doors all across the the state and many other states in the U.S. talking to people just face to face and letting them know how they can get involved in politics and, and in helping protect our planet at the very basic grassroots community level. We build up community in order to put pressure on those who are in decision-making positions like Congress, like the state legislature. And we are able to push uh, bills or laws that protect people and our tax dollars as well. Um, So I I did that kind of nonprofit door knocking work for about nine years. Um, And then I started my company in 2013. Zero Waste Strategies was founded, um, you know, just one day I was, I was sitting at the stoplight turning into my, my neighborhood to go home from, I don't know, maybe a grocery shopping trip or something. I, I don't know where I was, but I was, sitting at, I was sitting at the light and I was waiting for the light to turn green and I drifted off into this dreamland and then something hit me, just Stacy you need to be a business owner to where you fight for these issues. You can do legislative work. You can help companies from the inside rather than, you know, pointing the finger from the outside um, and, and helping them, you know, because these businesses are run by people. Yeah. It's not just, you know, these big bad corporations. These are people that have families, They have to drink the water. They have to breathe the air. So do their children. They love the communities that they live in. And these companies love the communities, these communities that they serve. And so I thought about it. I said, okay, so rather than pointing the finger from the outside, I need to start something where I can consult from the inside and help them change operations internally. That will be more impactful. And so that's what I did. The very next day, I went down to the county courthouse and I, I started my DBA. And um, it was 17, the best $17 I've ever spent. <laughs> that's amazing. Congratulations. I, I love your story. It's something incredible. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah. And so after that, I, I just, I started um, interviewing people and interviewing people who worked at companies who might need this kind of help. Um, I was very active in city government and city legislation um, here in the Austin area. 
and just working with the recycling department and, and really understanding the community needs, the business needs, and the government needs as well. And just starting to formulate my business plan and going after funding and you know, uh, just putting everything into place, legal, taxes, QuickBooks, uh, marketing, all those things yeah. that needed to come into play in order to run a successful business. It was a very steep learning curve because I had done nonprofit work and I had worked for somebody else. I never thought I would be a business owner myself, never ever envisioned that I could be a business owner, but I did it and I didn't know what I was doing when I first started out. Sometimes I still don't and I have to figure it out, right? But that's, that's the joy of being a business owner. You have that freedom and you're able to kind of craft what your business looks like as you go along and um, you're able to put your best intentions into building your business to service your community and your your clients that just need a little help. That's amazing. And first of all, congratulations, because it's a, a very interesting story. And I love it because uh, you started from uh, the Mexican Gulf with uh, the polluted environment and uh, you you drive the the change with knocking knocking each each door and that's that's amazing that's yeah that's really amazing Hi. Hey, you know that you are polluting your, Open your water, door right? yeah that's that's I amazing that's yeah that's really amazing congratulations it's a, a very interesting story and i i love the the energy that you share with us with this story because it's really important because you said an important an important phrase that is amazing behind these large groups there is people there are people and that's one of the most important point because they drink water they breathe air they they leave the environment and why we don't think to help them to change their approach and to save the, the environment using a sustainable approach. In fact, going on that, I have a question for you. What mean, what does it mean to drive a company to a sustainable approach? Because there are too much aspects to consider. But starting from the what you shared, I can imagine that that one of the most important points is start, start from people. Yes, you have to start with people's emotions in order to change their mind, in order to change their thoughts and their habits, yeah. in order to ask their superiors, their, their supervisors to put programs into place. Um, so it always starts with the more people you have behind you, the more pressure you can build up to the higher levels of the government or to the company to say, we really need to do this. So that's why employee green teams are so important. Uh, yeah. When you have a team of employees that come together and say, okay, we need recycling. We need composting in the employee cafeteria. Um, we need to have better purchasing policies so that we're not wasting all this office paper. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of things that employees can do um, to organize their, their thoughts and maybe a plan of action to go to the supervisors a little higher up who can say yes, um, and here's money to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> there, you know, these programs that come into place, they need to be funded. 
and they yeah. need to be enforced in order to change the corporate culture. And so, uh, you know, you, you change people's hearts and minds first, and then the policy, the, the operation comes after that. And so once you do the education, it, it all stems from the education of how you're already doing things and then how things can be done a little bit differently with not a whole lot of change, just let's tweak this and this and this, mm -hmm. and let's see what we get. Oh, we like those results. Okay, great. Well, let's tweak this a little bit more. And how about we pull this in too? And, you know, see, see where it, where it takes us. But, but first you have to do the education. And, and secondly, the businesses need to know that they have a problem. If they're not addressing their sustainability, they're most likely going to be, you know, kind of irrelevant okay. in their industry in a few years, because you have to remember, uh, younger Gen X millennials yeah. and Gen Z are yeah. your biggest purchasing block right now. Yeah. Combined. So, yes. They're bringing about $50 billion with a B uh, to the consumer market in the U.S. alone every year. Ooh. And so with that kind of collective buying power, companies need to understand that they are your, your customer. Yeah. And you also need to have programs in place that are not mm, say one thing, but do the other right? You yeah. can't greenwash these generations. The newer generations will find you out and they'll yeah. expose you uh, in the media, right? They, yeah. they will call you out and uh, for your greenwashing. So it's really important to do it right from the get-go. And waste reduction is the lowest hanging fruit of any operational efficiency. It is the fastest and easiest way to save money within your business. So why not start there? A lot of companies have their trash or recycling, their hauling contracts as the bottom yeah. of their, their budget in the line item of the whole company when it actually needs to be closer to the top. Yes. Because if you can save money here, you have money to distribute further down into your other programs. So it really needs to be prioritized in, in a very big way. So that's why we always start with zero waste protocols to look at waste reduction, look at what you're purchasing and how, what do your vendor contracts state? Um, what do your suppliers bring, you know, are, are your suppliers using ethical production? You know, yes. we don't want, we don't want companies in our supply chain that are using child labor. We yes. need to be right. We need to be looking at their labor practices and their ethical standards within the, our own supply chain because that can come back on us. So we look upstream and yeah. we look downstream and where, you know, and all these uh, different sorts of levels inside, outside, you know, up, down, diagonal, <laughs> we look at, at, you know, as many aspects of the business as we can in order to see where can we cut costs and where can we do it ethically? And, you know, where can we reuse? Where can we repair things instead of buying new? Yeah. There's all sorts of things within the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle, that we don't talk about. So when we have reduce, great, we'll reduce our waste. There's all kinds of ways that you can do that. Reuse is another great way, but there is also refabrication, remanufacturing, repair. Uh, yeah. There's, you know, all these re, re. 
words that we can put into action before we get to recycling. Recycling right. is the third R for a reason. It's the end of the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Before landfill, which is not a dis which is not a diversion method. It is a disposal method. So there's there's more like seven R's. Yeah. Not just three. There's no, there's a lot more. Yeah, that, that's that's important because you touched <laughs> a, an, an important aspect that is uh, totally connected with the uh, with the generations uh, that, that you mentioned, the Gen Z, millennials, and uh, and um, at the same time, there is a, an important aspect that is uh, the the largest the the largest uh, word of the re because uh, uh, people usually usually reduce it uh, at. Uh, uh, reduce, reuse, and recycle. But before to arrive to recycle, there is a, a quantity of uh, re possibilities <laughs> that uh, can solve the, the the problems that we are living and facing in terms of uh, um, resources, in terms of uh, world consumption. Because we are, there is, we live in a, one of the probably is the, the largest era of consumerism that we are, that we are living is uh, this one because uh, we change uh, iPhones uh, like every year, we change uh, there, mm -hmm. there are a lot of things connected to that. And, uh, and especially inside the companies, it promises uh, the, the application of the, your strategies for sure generate a lot of money that should be, that could be distributed in the different uh, other areas of the company. You are not doing only saving, you are reorganizing the, the company, you are re replanning the, the, you are like a, the, like a sustainable CFO. That is like, a, is, a, is the approach that is very interesting and I'm totally fascinated about that because it, I think it, it offers a lot of opportunities also to our listeners that are mm -hmm. involved in the management of companies because uh, the approach that Stacey mentioned uh, is something that uh, save money, but uh, putting uh, the, the waste in the right position in the, in the, in the room, because uh, if you put uh, waste at the bottom, you are considering that as a waste, but if you put it in the, in the, in the highest part of your, uh, of your, uh, of your, uh, your business plan, budget, mm -hmm. uh, or your uh, business model, you easily understand that uh, it's uh, important to reduce the production of waste mm -hmm. and uh, only working on that, you're able to, to save money that could be used in, other, in the other field of the company. And, right. Uh, so and there, there are entire economies that we're missing out on in all of the re-possibilities. Yeah. Right? So there's a whole reduction economy. There's a reuse economy. There's a repair, remanufacturing, refabrication yeah. economies. There's a recycling economy. Yeah. There's yeah. upcycling. There's donation. Yes. Donations yes. are big. Tax write-offs, right? Yeah. So that there's there's entire there's cash in our trash and we're missing out on a lot we're, we're putting we're, we're we're landfilling we're dumping our trash our, yeah. our cash uh, in the in the landfills right um and and companies understand that there's energy efficiency there's water efficiency lead 
you know, the green yeah. building standards. Well, you know, several years ago, zero waste protocols and standards got folded into U.S. Green Building Council standards. So it's not just about water and energy conservation anymore. It's how much waste does your building produce per person per year? And that's something that we can calculate, right? And that's something that we can attack in the reduction model uh, using all of these seven, eight, nine, ten re possibilities uh, before any of these materials even are considered for landfill. Yeah, now that's 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 important because uh, as I usually tell tell to the to to the listeners, uh, um, the the approach this approach that is also is a common approach with, uh, with the approach that we have in uh, terms of marketing, uh, generate economy, generate, uh, generate new jobs, uh, generate a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, new opportunities and sa saving at the same time a lot of uh, pre precious materials, precious resources, because that is one of the most important points. And, right. uh, and it saves our planet, consequently. Right. And that's one thing that we strive to, to accomplish is we have to change people's perception around waste. Waste yeah. is made up of very valuable, very lucrative materials yeah. that don't belong buried in a landfill yeah. or burned in an incinerator, right? Yeah. Um, and so if we keep looping the products into the economy, we don't have to spend money on raw material extraction. We don't have to spend money on refining the materials or making them, you know, uh, or, or, you know, um, putting, transporting them yeah. uh, across the, across the world. We, we can keep our materials local yes. in our local area. We yeah. can create infrastructure like recycling plants and composting fields yes. where, a company, we, you know, will handle the food waste from the local community. We put people to work. We build out the job creation. We stabilize the tax base in yeah. the local area so that we have well-paying jobs with dignity. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I'm totally, totally, I'm totally fascinated about what you are saying because uh, it's the same approach that I use uh, with uh, with our uh, in our marketing strategies, uh, and it's the same approach that we share, uh, talking about uh, uh, what means uh, uh, waste, what really means waste management, because that is one of the most misunderstood word in the planet. Because uh, uh, people think that uh, waste is something to uh, to drop out of the process, something to uh, to throw away from their life, uh, from a lot, a lot of uh, uh, ter terrible approach. And uh, uh, I, I would ask, would ask you uh, if uh, there is a challenge that you face that is uh, that you remained in your mind, or that is something that you want to share with us, because it's something I'm very, ex I'm very excited about what you are saying because it's. Uh, very very interesting and i think that is uh, the one of the best episodes that we are having here at marketing for waste <laughs> well thank you and i i think we can both state that we are recycling nerds yeah. and we have 
I've been this way for, you know, for all my life and at least as a career for the past 20 years. And um, the biggest challenge I think is education. There's lack of education um, because I'm Gen X, right? We've been using trash as a catch-all for the majority of our lives. We yeah. didn't have recycling programs growing up. Where my parents still live, they still do not have recycling in 2022. My guess, gosh. you know, guess yeah. who brings home the, the Christmas wrapping paper and all the cans and bottles <laughs> back to Austin after Christmas from my parents' house, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it is people want to do the right thing with their materials, but lack of education. So there's a lot of contamination yeah. issues, especially, you know, we'll see diapers and um, you know, garden hoses and you know, people think that these things can yeah. be recycled, but they actually can't not at these you know, recycling plants. So it's what we call wish cycling. I wish, I hope yeah. this is going to be recycled. So I'll put it in the blue bin anyway. And that just contaminates the whole load. Um, and a lot of times it just goes to landfill because it's over contaminated. Uh, so the education is key, how to recycle yeah. properly the government will and the business will to have these this infrastructure built out in local communities is really important um helping businesses that want to to uh create a recycling plan or a recycling uh plant at a local community to, to be able to work with the government um to either get some kind of tax subsidies um, or to get some investor funding, helping these companies establish the local infrastructure. Because let's face it, for the last 30 years, at least in America, we have been relying on dumping in China yeah. or Mexico or India or in Nigeria. So yeah. we have not, as Americans, we have not had to look at our waste. It is always somewhere else. It is away. Where yeah. is away? Away is in somebody else's country, somebody else's backyard, in our oceans. Yeah, I know. That is yeah, not a solution. <laughs> yeah, that is not a solution. I could say that uh, I, I can say that it's a, a global problem because uh, we, I, I think uh, it's the, the movement not in my backyard is uh, mm. something that uh, created uh, this, uh, this wrong approach and right. is. Uh, misunderstanding of the value, the real value of waste, because uh, waste uh, are full of, uh, are, in my personal point of view, are precious materials, because uh, there's a possibility to uh, reopen uh, plants, fa fabrics, plants, uh, production processes, and to create uh, a lot of multiple jobs, uh, mm -hmm. starting from, uh, from waste. And uh, that's very, very interesting. And uh, well, I won't, I won't like to close the episode because uh, I don't want to steal too much time to your job. And uh, have a, the question that is the question that I use uh, usually to close the, uh, the episode. If, uh, if there is a, a, a tip, a suggestion that you would like to share with, uh, with our listeners to transform their business in something more sustainable. Yes, um, for businesses, I would say make waste reduction a top priority in your budget. Get your programs set up and um, funded and enforced. 
make sure that your employees have the proper training. And then you take that effort and all your results and you put it into green marketing. And that's how you can attract new employees who care about these issues, talented employees who want to be recruited by a company that has integrity uh, and sustainability. And then you can recruit a whole new demographic of customers as well who care about these issues, especially your Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z, and now Gen Alpha, who's coming up. So that would say that for businesses um, and then for people, just everyday people, um, if you don't have access to recycling, you need to tell your local government that it's time, it's 2022, let's get these recycling programs into place. Let's get a good um, affordable contract in place with a hauler who can service your community and pick up, you know, uh, block by block, uh, house by house, and, and to process these materials correctly. They need to hear from the taxpayers and to show them that there is a demand for these new practices and that we do want to do the right thing with our materials. We don't just want to burn or bury our, our materials. Um, and so another piece for businesses is that we actually have a six-week online training program yes. ready to go. And businesses can uh, contact us at zerowaste.org. And that's just the number zero. <laughs> W-A-S-T-E.org. And they can get in contact with us. They can learn about our training program. And, you know, we it's immersive, it's supportive, and we hold you accountable to putting these programs into place and show you how to do it um, and how to train your, your employees so that you have buy-in for actual program success. Great, great. Thank you so much, Stacey. It was an amazing conversation. You're welcome. And, I loved and, it. And I'm very, I'm very happy to have a, finally this episode that is yes. something incredible. It's been yeah. a long time coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yes. We've been planning and, uh, this for months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, please, uh, um, and tell to our listeners, uh, you find uh, the uh, programs and the details of Ceci uh, on her website, uh, zerowaste.org, and there's a, uh, uh, and feel free to contact us. Uh, I'll put you directly in connection with, with Stacy. Uh, drop us uh, an email at uh, info at marketingforwaste.com and uh, we'll be happy to answer and to put you directly in connection with, uh, with Stacy. Stacy, thanks a lot again. And uh, have, a, have a nice rest of the day and uh, take care of you and we'll talk soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. bye, bye. bye. <laughs>